You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for tuning into our midweek service tonight. I hope you're doing well. Uh, it is an amazing time of the year so far. I look forward to, I'm pretty excited about teaching tonight. We're going to be doing a series called Lessons from the Desert. And uh, over the next three weeks, we're going to be addressing this right here, Lessons from the Desert. And uh, before we begin, let's get some power from God. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for our midweek service tonight. We pray for our Bible study that uh, not only do can we get deep in it, but that we would take it to heart, that it would encourage our faith, it would challenge our faith, it would empower our faith, it would help us to make decisions, uh, good godly decisions that would lead toward souls being saved, it would lead toward righteousness, it would lead toward justice. Uh, most of all, that it will be pleasing to you. Thank you so much for our whole church as we we go through our COVID-19 era and the different challenges in the world that our church can shine in the midst of a dark world. God, we love you. Bless our Bible study today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Lessons from the desert. You know, uh, in my in December of 2018, in my first semester of graduate school, uh, we were doing a, I was online with my professors and we were talking about the prayer life of Jesus and, and, and that much of Jesus's prayer life occurred in the desert. And so, you know, we went to Lancaster where we visited the church in our church in Antelope Valley where Greg Moretzky is the evangelist of and, and we did the five day intensive up there. And I got a chance to do an exercise in the desert, uh, and pray in the desert. And we were supposed to go out with our, uh, professors and, and the other members of my cohort and just get some time to pray and to, be in tune to God, to be in tune to the Spirit, and to notice different things that are going on. And before I did this exercise, when I think of desert, I think of just dry, barren, it's not very fertile, there's hardly any life there. And yet after this exercise, I realized it, it is dry, it, it, it seems barren, but there is a lot of life in, in the desert, and there are so many lessons that we can learn about God in the midst of it. And what I want to talk about tonight is when we talk about the Israelites being in the desert, uh, think about it from a, this Hebraic idea or, or from a Jewish Hebrew perspective. It, the Hebrew word for desert is this word midbar, which, which comes from the verb lehabir, which means to pasture one's flock. I'm sure I, I I'm sure I didn't say that correctly, okay? But it's the Hebrew here, and it means to pasture one's flock. And it's this idea that God is a shepherd. And the shepherd that takes his sheep and his flock uh, to the countryside to feed and care for them. And that the shepherd isn't taking his sheep and goats and his flock to the desert of nothingness where it's only dry, barren, and they're left to suffer and die. But it's, it's this idea that, that God was taking his people to the desert, to a wilderness there, uh, where, where, where it was a time of great reeducation and preparation. 
actually. It was an unsettled area where with sparse yet sufficient amount of vegetation that could feed the flock. And and I, I want you to be thinking about that as we dive into this series, because it's easy to think that when the Israelites were in the desert, it, it was just doom and gloom, but it wasn't. It was a time of re-education and learning and, and also preparing them for the promised land. And it's important to understand that as we go through different challenges or wilderness experiences in our own life, especially since now there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknowns that are ahead of us. And that's kind of what's challenging about COVID-19 is, is the unknown. Like, when is this going to end? And because we don't know, and, and there's so many uncertainty certainties that go with it, it can be a little challenging. And so the, as God was taking his people to the promised land, what ends up happening, uh, here's a quick summary, is Exodus chapter 1 through 12, the Israelites are enslaved for 400 years. And in Exodus 13 and 14, we get to see some of the miracles. And one of the greatest miracles ever is the crossing of the Red Sea, right? And God hears their cries. He raises up Moses and Moses is able to take the Israelites across the Red Sea. And, and, and when, when God was doing miracles, this is how the people responded. In Exodus 14 and verse 30 to 31, it says that day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. When the Israelites experienced the miracle, the people trusted in God, they feared God, but they also trusted in his leader or his servant. And that's so true, right? When, when, when we see miracles, our trust level of God is high. Our fear of God is high. Our trust in leadership is high when we see miracles and our faith is high. But look what happens in Deuteronomy chapter one. As, as, as God takes them from Egypt to the promised land, they are brought to Kadesh Barnea which is the southern border of Canaan, which is what the promised land was, okay? And, and in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 1 to 2, it says, These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan, that is in the Arabah, opposite Su, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. Now, one of the things that's interesting about this passage here is as God took his people from Egypt all the way to the promised land, uh, it's, it's about 250 miles from Egypt to Kadesh Barnea. And Kadesh Barnea was the southern border of Canaan, if you will. And Canaan, in modern day terms today, would be uh, equal to Lebanon, Syria, Israel, and a part of Jordan. And God was taking his people from Egypt all the way to Kadesh Barnea to the brink of the promised land. And there he gave them directions of getting 12 leaders to go into the promised land and to explore. Uh, what ends up happening, you know, as, as the Israelites were promised to be going into the land of Canaan, which was flowing with milk and honey, the Israelites struggled with unbelief and they didn't believe in God and his words. And because of that unbelief, they weren't allowed to go. And so in an 11 day journey that, that it should have taken 
ended up being a 40-year wilderness experience because of their unbelief. And why were they sent in the desert for 40 years? It's because they struggled with unbelief and they didn't trust God, his promises, and his word. And so they were left wandering in the desert. Now, again, they weren't left wandering in the desert just for no reason. God has a shepherd heart and he was there to re-educate them and prepare them to go into the promised land when they struggled with unbelief. And there are so many lessons to learn about this desert time that I think we can gain so much encouragement as we are living in a time of much unknown and uncertainties right now. And so the lesson that I'm going to do today is uh, entitled, this is, this is what I was talking about, about Kadesh Barnea, is entitled The Power of Faith and Faithlessness. The Power of Faith and Faithlessness. Because there's power when we have faith, but there's also power when there's faithlessness. And this is what the Israelites struggled with is faithlessness and, and God was ticked off at it. God was upset at it. And and all these people, two million of them, couldn't go into the promised land because they struggled with faithlessness. But the question is, how did all these two million people struggle with faithlessness? Didn't some of them have faith? The answer is yes. Uh, just like in a church today, right? We have a church of 400 disciples. You're going to have people who are high in faith. Some are low in faith. Some are doing well. Some aren't doing well. And uh, I hope this lesson encourages us. It helps us to understand uh, the power of faith as well as the power of faith. So God brings his people from Egypt to Kadesh Barnea. And they're at the they're, they're right on the brink of the promised land here. And we know the scene in Numbers chapter 13, right? In Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, Moses gets direction from God to send out 12 leaders to explore the promised land. Now, remember, they were on the southernmost border uh, of Canaan there, and they were supposed to go in from Kadesh Barnea right into the promised land and, and explore the land. And Moses gives specific direction in it. And then you get to see the 12 leaders see what the land is like, and then the 12 leaders come back and give a report. Now, check this out. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. And so Moses gives them specific direction to check out the land. You know, what does the land look like, right? How are the people there? Are they strong or are they weak? Are there few or many? Is the land good or is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Is it unwalled or is it fortified? How's the soil? Is it fertile or is it poor? Do they have trees or not? And by the way, bring back some of the fruit. You know, and it was a season for ripe grapes, the Bible says. And then at the end of 40 days, right, they come back and they give a report. In Numbers chapter 13, in verse 26 to 33, the Bible says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. 
We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But, and you know, in the, in, in the Bible, when there's a but there, there's always something that comes after it. And let's pay attention to what happens here. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. And what's interesting here is, you know, they come back and they give a report, right? Did they obey Moses' direction? Absolutely, they obeyed Moses' direction. They came back and they gave they gave uh, the report of how it was. And, and these people... I would say we're great disciples, if you were, if you will. They did a great job. But there's something that happens in here that changes the story here a bit. Because they did follow the direction, but they also shared something else. And look how Caleb responds. One guy's conviction, a perspective, a conviction. And it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. And so, so as the as the twelve guys came back, the twelve leaders came back, and they give a report. Right, ten of those guys give this report, and 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 they and they follow direction, you know. And then Caleb feels the need to silence the people there, the 10 guys, and, and goes before Moses and, and basically goes, man, we can do this, you know. We need to go up. We can take possession of the land because we can do it. The 10 respond with, we can't do it. We can't attack these people. They're stronger than us. And they end up spreading this report that affects all the Israelites, you know. They add things to it, right? The land we explored devours those living in it. They added that. All the people there were of great size. We seem like grasshoppers. And so two, so we get a chance to see two reports are given. And this is what I call the majority report and the minority report. The majority report was a faithless report by the 10. The 10 men said, we can't do it. The minority report was a faithful report where just two guys out of the 10 who went to look at the, explore the land said that we absolutely can do it. You know, perhaps Caleb knew the power of faith and the power of faithlessness. Uh, this was an important moment for Israel as they were on the brink of the promised land. The direction Moses gave them was explore the land and come back and give us a report. What these 10 men did was they gave more than just the report. They gave a faithless report. The issue wasn't about you know, the things that they listed off about what the land was, the issue was, man, how they described it. The, 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 you know, they, they shared things like they added some stuff to it. And this was an important time. A lot of times we don't think that saying something negative is that bad, but it is many times, especially when it's faithless. Uh, 
it's easy, you know, to be faithless in COVID-19 era. It's, it's super easy to be faithless right now. And one of the things I get so much encouragement from the scriptures is that, man, the minority part, there are people who will say and have faith and choose to have faith in the midst of challenging times that we absolutely can do it because they're focused on God. You know, the 10 and the two, right? Both of them saw the same land. Both of them saw the trees. Both of them saw the people. Both of them, both groups saw uh, what was in front of them, but both had different responses though. And one of the things that's important to know about this is whenever we were faced with challenges or trials, we can give a majority report or we can give a minority report. The tens report was an issue of faithlessness. And think about it. A bad report was spread. I call this the faithless report, full of negative talk, negativity, no positives. Can you imagine if we just read things in the Bible that was only negative all the time? I mean, like when Moses parting the Red Sea is like, it's not parting, Lord. And then the story ends right there. It wouldn't be a miracle, right? Or or Joshua rocking, walking around Jericho imagine, or seven times. Imagine if they're like, I'm done. I'm so tired. This is, I did three laps already. I walked three times around. And that. imagine if you read that in the Bible, how discouraging would that have been? If, if, if the walking around Jericho happened three times and they were done, they called it quits. It was, it was an issue of faith and issue of obedience. How about Daniel and the lions then? If, if Daniel was in, what if he jumped in and, and you know, he was like, Oh no, you know, he, he freaked out. Lions don't eat me. And then that's all we read there. It would have been such a discouraging thing. I got my family. I got my kids. I got my wife. Please angels take me. I mean, imagine what that story would have been like if it was, men who are faithless in it. How sad would that be, right? So many stories in the Bible that there's opportunities to be faithful about or faithless about. Now, the majority report and the minority report, they're powerful. They're powerful reports. In fact, faith and faithlessness have power to it. It's in, Both are infectious. Let me give you an example. In Numbers chapter 14, in verse 1 through 4. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Man, look at the power of faithlessness. It it affected the whole community of approximately 2 million people. The Bible says, you know, that night, all the members, by nightfall. So whenever they gave that report, by nightfall, this report, the majority report affected approximately 2 million people. So, so God looked at that and was like, wow, that's, that's not good. Look how infectious this was. 
All the people cried loudly. All the people grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Poor Moses and Aaron, right? They were God's leaders, man. They were there to help the people. And the people grumbled against their their own leadership. They experienced self-pity. They began to question God's motives. They began to resort to humanism. I mean, things get so distorted when faithless is there. They made the argument, it's better that we go back to Egypt and be slaves. Really? Really? It's better to go back to 400 years of slavery than to just endure this situation. All they were supposed to do is go and explore the land. And they came back and their own faithlessness distorted everything so much where they were made, they made two million people believe we should be slaves again, man, because that's where there's so much security. I mean, talk about crazy, right? They began to resort to humanism and they wanted new leadership. Man, Moses, talk of poor Moses, man. He didn't really even do anything in the matter. He just gave direction, right? And next thing you know, they want him out. And they want to get another leader to take him back to slavery again. And look what, look how Moses, look at the power though of faithlessness. Look what, look how Moses and Aaron respond. What was Moses and Aaron's response? You know, is the Bible says is that they fell face down. And they prayed. They got in front of, they fell face down before the whole assembly and addressed them. And I appreciate that, you know, about them. It was amazing how their response was. They were spiritual. You know, we when we go through difficult times, whatever trial, everybody's going through trials right now. And I want you to think about what trial you're facing in your life right now. You, you can give a majority report or you can give a minority report. It's up to you. It's all an issue of our faith, how we're going to look at this situation. You know, maybe your evangelism is dry. It's like, oh, nobody's open. Is that true? Nobody's open. That's how distorted we can get, right? Your marriage, your family, you know, where you're at in your job right now, or maybe you don't have a job right now and you're not sure how this is all going to turn out. You know, you can give the, you can give a faithless response or you can be faithful in it and, and focus on God and, and, and look at what God is trying to do in the midst of all this. It's amazing, you know, and just like faithlessness is infectious and we can catch it. So faith is that way as well. That when someone stands up with faith, it's infectious and we can catch that as well. Look at this in Numbers chapter 14 in verse six through nine, nine. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Now, one of the things about that's important to understand that when they were going into the promised land, God already promised them he would give it to them. This was a test, you know, to see where they were at. They just went through so many miracles with culminating with the miracle of the Red, crossing of the Red Sea. And they're brought to Kadesh Barnea here. They're ready to go into the land. They're supposed to explore it, come back. And, and, and two reports are given here and, and it influences the whole Israelite, two main Israelite community in such a negative way until Joshua and Caleb stand up and say something about it. And they give a, they give a great report. They give the minority report that God is able. God can do it. The situation, you know, it, it, we're okay because God is in control in these situations. 
God was going to give it to them. That's what the Israelites lost sight of in the midst of that trial that they were in, is they forgot that God was just going to give it. Isn't that so true? Even in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, right? If we seek the kingdom first, everything else is given to us. Our, our, all the, ch- all of our needs that we have. God is there to try to meet our needs, right? We, it's in the context of not worrying about what we're going to eat or drink or what, what kind of clothes we're going to wear. Any life's necessities like that, you know, our, our needs basically. God will give that to us if we're faithful in it. I appreciate Jesus sharing that in the Sermon on the Mount. But Joshua and Caleb, that's pretty amazing. You know, in the beginning, Caleb's the one who stood up, but then this time Joshua is the one who stood up. See how infectious and catchy, catchy that is? Like faith is infectious. Faith can affect us in a way where it inspires us to just do some, just put ourselves out there. Caleb was the first guy who did it. Now, a couple verses later, we see Joshua standing up and, and giving his report too. This, the land is exceedingly good. If God is pleased with us, he's going to lead us there and give it to us. Let's just not rebel and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. We get a chance to see what the power of faith is like also. We saw what faithlessness can do, but look at what faith can do. And I appreciate Robert and Michelle and they're, they're faithful people. You know, they've been walking with our church for the last, you know, six, uh, seven months. And, uh, it's been phenomenal, you know, to see how our church is changing. Our church is growing. God is doing some amazing things. And, and here's some powerful things that come when faith is present. The faithful take initiative. Moses and Aaron didn't urge Caleb and Joshua to speak. You know, they spoke on their own. They took the initiative because they they were listening to what was going on from the report of the 10. They're like, that's not what I saw. This land is good. We can do this. God is leading us in this. There's nothing we can't do, right? The faithful are also positive. The land is exceedingly good. They chose to focus on the positive instead of the negative. And that's what faith is. It focuses on God, what God can do, not on what man can do. The faithful understand God gives the victory, not men. This was about God. You know, them them going into the promised land was all about God. God was going to give it to them. They just needed to be faithful in this process and remember all those miracles that were going on. Faith understands that God gives the victory and not man. The faithful believe that God is with us, that we're not alone in this. God is with us. God is leading us. You know, God is leading our church right now. The LA church, our church in Metro LA, our family of churches all around the world. God is leading us right now. And uh, there's so many lessons to learn. Let's make sure we're looking up and learning the lessons by being humble and, and seeing what the Israelites did and, 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 and respect their faith as well as learn when they lost their faith and they lost their way. There's so much that we can gain and grow from that. Amen. That's awesome. And then it goes, the faithful take risks again. Joshua say, don't be afraid. It's not that there's nothing to fear, right? It's there. There's things, there's challenges in our way. But because of God, 
we're going to push through in spite of that, in spite of those fears, in spite of those challenges that are in our way. Because it's powerful. Faithlessness is powerful, but so is faith. You want to talk about how powerful faithlessness is? Look in verse 10. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. God's people thought about killing Moses and Aaron. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. That's that's how damaging faithlessness is. It it convinced the people, let's kill Moses and Aaron, man. This is no good. What they're saying, you know, this is not good. It's in these times where God goes and the story ends up more where God talks to Moses and gives him a plan. He basically tells him, I'm going to strike them down with a plague and destroy them to humble them. But for Moses, you're going to be made into a great nation, right? The challenge here, guys, is in the midst of all these challenges is that can we have faith in the midst of it? You know, Moses has a great heart and as he hears what God is going to do to go, wow, God did all these miracles. The miracle of the Red Sea was getting them ready to get into the promised land. And next thing you know, an 11 year journey ends up halting them right there because of their faithlessness and they're not allowed to go into the promised land. And so they end up wandering in the desert for the next 40 years, you know. And the next two lessons, we're going to address what happens in that desert time for them as they are wandering. But this lesson today is what got them into that, in, into those 40 years, is we don't have to do that. We can choose to be faithful in our response to God. Amen. Uh, Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit and that's what faith is. They chose to focus on God, even in the midst of the different challenges there. Numbers 14 closes out with God forgiving the people, but the consequences were that they weren't able to go into the promised land. Uh, not one person aside from Caleb and Joshua would have entered the promised land. And so how can we build faith? If the issue is about faith, how can we build faith in our lives? And I want to give you five ways right now, okay, is our Bible study. I want to encourage everyone in our congregation to go to the Way of the Pilgrim. This is Robert Cavillo's, uh website, you know, the Way of the Pilgrim. If you've never checked it out, go look at it. There's lessons on there. There's leadership lessons, all kinds of devotionals. There's so many things. And I appreciate that about Robert, that he he loves Bible study and and because and that's that's what we're doing right now. You know, our church is being inundated with Bible studies so that so that our faith can be built. But oftentimes, guys, we got to learn to engage scriptures in a different way, you know, and to 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 learn new ways on how we can engage scripture. I also want to encourage you to check out the Bema podcast, which is learning about the Bible from a Jewish, Hebraic or Eastern perspective that that is that is more from what it was like back in, in their their day, you know, and uh, I hope you would check that out. Bema podcast. Uh, so many great things to learn. Uh, I also want to encourage us. How can we build faith? It's getting back to our prayer partners where we are getting back to prayer partners in our church from September to December. We're, we're getting back to just, you know, prayer partners and, and calling one another up every day and every week and, and trying to connect during the, the week and pray together, getting in a small group that could build our faith. Another way you can build your faith is share your faith. Being a Bible study, you know, not being in a Bible study affects your faith tremendously, where you kind of forget the, the power of the Bible at times. And so work on new ways of sharing your faith. 
phone calls, you know, website, you know, sending texts out. When you go, when you go to the, uh, when you go to the market like that, think about different ways that we can share our faith. Discipling, getting discipled. Discipling is a great thing. I appreciate my discipling time and the little D group. I'm in a little D group with the Carrillos and the uh, Webers there. That's been fantastic. We just started that. Uh, but, you know, getting discipled by Robert, but also getting discipled by other people in the fellowship that I work with uh, has been very encouraging as well. There's so many ways for our faith to be built. Going to disciplestoday.org and, and looking at uh, what's happening around the world and getting encouragement from that. Looking at our Metro LA newsletter and the different resources that are on there to build faith in our lives, the different leadership lessons. And you can go to our YouTube channel and, and look at tons of lessons from, from the beginning of the year all the way till now about what God is doing, different lessons that are going on and how we can build our faith. Amen. So I want to close today with what did we learn today about faith and faithlessness? Well, faith and faithlessness is powerful. Faith and faithlessness is infectious. We can catch it. Faith and faithlessness also is a choice, though, that we choose to make. So let's choose to be faithful to God in the midst of whatever comes our way, you know, as we go through this COVID-19 era together. Here's a couple of things. You can take a picture of this, and then I'm going to do some closing announcements. What did you learn about the power of faith and faithlessness tonight? Share share some thoughts about what you learned about the power of faith, also the power of faithlessness in your Zoom calls this evening. Also, what is the Spirit calling me to be or do? You know, faith requires action, right? It's not just belief. It's belief completed by action in the book of James. And so when we're exercising our faith, there will be action there. It's belief completed by action. And so I want to encourage our church as we, as you know, we end midweek tonight to think through some of these uh, discussion questions, have some great Zoom calls after. I want to close with some announcements. I want to introduce Sham Suleiman, a, a teenager who was just baptized this past Saturday at 9 a.m. Let's welcome him and his family to the kingdom. You know, it was such an encouraging uh, baptism. All baptisms are encouraging. But what was interesting about this baptism is that on the Zoom call, as you know, as we were filming, as we put it on Zoom, uh, disciples from, you know, his dad is was in is in Dubai, right? right now and he couldn't come out for his baptism but he was on there he got to ask some questions you know to see his son get baptized but but people from Canada all throughout the United States in Nigeria all different you know people from all different areas around the world were part of this Zoom call encouraging the Suleiman family because they know them and that was so so encouraging i want to i want to encourage all those who are studying the bible right now god has great plans for you Think about tonight's lesson. Are you responding faithfully or faithless in the midst of it? The different challenges you're going through as you study the Bible. Let's also remember and keep in our prayers. Our World Missions Collection is coming up on October 18th. We support the Philippines, the Southwest family, a couple churches in the Southwest family, Tijuana. Remember, we've added the Caribbean as well as Lebanon this year. We're going to be giving a percentage there. So let's be praying about that for that contribution that is going to be taking up in August 8, uh, October 18th. 
I want to share another piece of good news here from the, you know, Robert, Doug, and Grayson and my, myself were on a Philippine call uh, where we got to meet with the leaders of the Philippine and your upper right hand corner is the Lestrados, Ariel and Susan, as well as on the lower left, Danny and Gurley Kabadsan, where they lead the churches all throughout the Philippines. And uh, right now there's about 5,117 disciples in 32 churches throughout the Philippines. Those are your brothers and sisters. They are the, that's a group that we've been giving to since 2008. And I want to encourage you with some good news as we close out is since March, since COVID-19 hit, since March, they baptized and restored 182 people since March, 2020. 156 baptisms and 26 restorations. They have 649 people studying the Bible right now in the family of churches throughout the Philippines. In the last 10 years, they've planted 13 churches. They're, they're scheduled to plant three more in 2021. And in 2022, they're, they're going to be planting three more churches. They've started a prison ministry in the Philippines right now where they have their celebrate recovery program, similar to RCR program, uh, that has helped them get into the prisons and, and be able to preach and teach and encourage and empower the inmates that are there. There's 20 inmates that are currently studying the Bible right now. Uh, and I believe since June, since October of 2019, 16 inmates were baptized in the Lord. Currently, since June 2020, they have 100 inmates who have attended services so far with 20 inmates studying the Bible right now. So, so inspiring. I also want to keep them in your prayers. I want to introduce you to the fun committee. Uh, we, you know, we're in a leaders meeting where Robert asked, uh, uh, you know, the leadership, Hey, we, we, we need some fun. We need to be able to do some activities in our church that, that are going to be fun, that can be faith building, but, but done in a safe way. So these are the people who've come forward and I want to introduce to, introduce to you Mark and Susan Young, Natalie Doss, Lisa and Christina Morris, as well as Joseph Wilson. There have been put together as a group that is in charge of planning different events. And we look forward in the month of September, October, November to see what some of those events are that our church can engage, you know, uh, and, and they are the fun committee. So whenever you see them, they need to be having fun, you know? Uh, so be praying for that. We look forward. If you have any ideas, please contact one of them. Uh, we'd like to get more ideas, how we can connect in different ways in the church and have some great time together uh, in the midst of a challenging time. Uh, last but not least, uh, or second to the last, I want to announce the Pablo and Nicole's going away party that will be this Friday from 8 to 9 p.m. You may take a picture right there or talk to your uh, small group leader. That's the Zoom ID number as well as the password Agape. Uh, if you want to encourage them, come on out, encourage them. They've been great servants throughout the Metro LA region. They will be going to the OC region and serving over there. Thank you so much, Pablo and Nicole, for your faith, your love, your heart, uh, serving the people in Metro LA for many, many years. You guys are amazing. As we close tonight, I want to close with a short baptism video of Zara Simmons to encourage our fellowship. Zara was just recently baptized on August 1st. She is the daughter of Darius and Susan A. Simmons. 
I hope this will encourage you in your faith tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Let's be praying about the power of faith and the power of faithlessness. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 